0: On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, I talk with Roger Burnett about his new book with Stan Phelps, Red Goldfish Promo Edition, and how you can build a business with purpose. What's up? There, and welcome to a brand new edition of delivering marketing joy. I am your host Kirby Hosman. Joining me today is a repeat guest. He's been here a bunch of times and that's because he has a lot to say. And I'm really excited this time because he's got a new project that I can't wait to chat with him about. It's Roger Burnett. He's with Social Good Promotion, which is a cool company anyway, but he's the author or co-author of the new book Red Goldfish. It's the promo edition. Hey man, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it, Roger.
1: I'm always, you know, Kirby, you ask, I show up, and this is number six. Is that right? Yeah. I'm not good at keeping track, but I do appreciate you taking the time each
0: time, and I am fired up to talk to you about this new project. So let's jump into that. I'm proud, uh, you know, in the interest of transparency uh, to be a part of the launch team for your new book, Red Goldfish, with Stan Phelps. So first, can you kind of talk to us about the inspiration for the book and what it's about?
1: yeah so stan has this is his 16th book wow that includes a couple version 2.0 upgrades of some of the original books but they all fall into this goldfish franchise of books which the concept behind the goldfish idea is even for the largest companies making changes oftentimes requires small things to go the direction you want them to do to have a big impact so For businesses of all sizes, there's the opportunity to think small and create opportunities for change. And the Goldfish franchise is built on different colors of fish. So, there's a purple, there's a green, there's a gray, there's a couple metals in there. There's there's a lot of different versions. But Red Goldfish, uh, the original edition of that book, Stan wrote with Graham Newell. And the idea is the concept of red being a differentiator on purpose. Mm and the way that businesses who are focused on a give first strategy, oftentimes outperform the marketplace. Yeah. So I know Stan through some mutual contacts and you know, it really was largely the efforts of what we did for Promo Cares. This is a separate project that we created a few years back to help highlight and recognize businesses like yours Kirby within our industry that are employing a strategy of give first and being purpose focused in um, your efforts as an organization as the result of my time spent as the chief reporter as at PromoCares. And really the the, the the aha moment, the light bulb moment for me was at the end of 2018. I wanted to take the content that we had created for the Promo Cares podcast, which was a part of the content engine that we had created at PromoCares in order to be able to highlight the interviews of those businesses that were doing this work. I don't know why. I don't know if I was bored. I don't know if I didn't want to hang out with my family that holiday (laughs) season or what it was, but I got it in my head that what I was going to do was take the nine hours of content that we had recorded during that year as podcasts and refashion them if I could develop and see themes that had uncovered themselves during those interviews. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. Once I really dug into it, I spent about 40 hours Hmm taking apart that content and then repurposing it as a set of podcast episodes that I released on Promo Cares podcast at the end of 2018. And what I really learned was good is good for business, that employees have a tendency to gravitate towards organizations that they share a common belief with, they're loyal and they stay longer, oftentimes for less money. And that customers become more apparent to those businesses once they've made that decision. So by virtue of my relationship with Danny Rosen, who's my co-founder in Promo Cares, I was introduced to Stan who then sort of was paying attention to what we were doing with Promo Cares and said, there seems like there's some correlation here between what we did with Red Goldfish and what Promo Cares is all about and challenge accepted. So that's <laughs> sort of what, led to the book. It was almost an 18 month project in that whole process and nothing like a global pandemic to sort of change (laughs) the entire context of the book about 75% of the way through to its completion.
0: Wow. Wow. So yeah. And you and I've talked separately about that, but like When creating a book and, and, you know, now you've certainly done that and I've had the opportunity to do that as well, you know, I think like the goal is like you want to create lessons for other people, but my experience is like you can sort of gain lessons and perspectives along the way too. So I'm curious if A, has that been the case? And if so, what's been a big takeaway for you on this?
1: I think a lot of times I'm guessing that more than one person listening to this interview will say... I tried to write a book and it didn't end up happening. <laughs> yeah. I hear, that, I hear that all the time. And I think it has a lot to do with the reasons why people ultimately think they should write a book. And then the lessons that writing a book teaches you mm. are the information should come out of curiosity. And mm. if you see a gap in something that makes you curious, what that really represents is a chance for you to investigate further and decide, is there something here if I were to explore it in a long form, would it ultimately prove to be of value to anyone? Right. And what you have to, what the lesson you learn is sometimes the answer to that is unequivocally no. <laughs> you can go down that road seeking to see if there's that chance, but people don't oftentimes even get to that. They think, oh, I need to tell people something. Right. But, in reality, it's you're seeking something yourself by your own curiosity, and you're really serving as the conduit of what you learn to the people who might ultimately also have that same curiosity. yeah, so you know, I've heard it say by, said by many authors that you know a writer doesn't write a book to sell books mm. and that's really the lesson I think at the end of the day, I would want to convey to people is if you're writing a book intent on selling books you're probably going to be disappointed. Yes. So why not just go ahead and explore and find if there's something that really interests you that you'd be willing to have to devote the countless hours, yeah. the countless hours that are necessary in order to not only develop the research necessary to put out the book, right. but then to actually get it out of you, which is yeah. almost as hard as doing the research. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Because it, it takes such an inordinate amount of discipline to kind of see it all the way through. There's so many times where you're just like, oh, my God, I'm kind of over it. Um, and so but I, I like what you said there. It's it, I think the idea of and it was an aha moment for me, um, I think, on the, recent, the most recent book I wrote was like, my whole goal here is just to spread an idea. Like it's to, to get it out there to as many people as possible. And if I sell it, if I give it, if I, whatever it is, it's about spreading the idea. And I I love the idea that look, you're spreading. So what's been the most challenging part of putting this project together?
1: (laughs) How much time do I have? Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm sure you can imagine how do we put out a book in September of 2020 that didn't include what just happened. Right. And we were 80% 80% of the way finished.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And co my co-author called me up and said, We gotta rewrite it. Yeah. And I don't know how you are about the way you attack your life and your to-do list, but I'm the kind of guy that once I've climbed flag and put the pole up there, I'm on to the next mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So the hard part for me was to emotionally reinvest. Mm-hmm in having to reopen what I felt like was pole planted, (laughs) we're on our way. But certainly we couldn't have done that and had it make any kind of sense from a relevance perspective or optics or not being tone deaf to use some of the terms that I've heard you guys use. But uh, but secondarily, it caused me a bit of an existential crisis because I had to reimagine the book. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the way it had been crafted with COVID's impact actually made the book better. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But it required this sort of soul searching that needed to occur because I couldn't just shimmy in a section on COVID and leave the rest (laughs) of it the way it was. I had to pull the whole thing apart and then decide where did COVID make sense. Oh, and by the way, then we had George Floyd happen and all of the other racial inequality profile, you know, that we were starting to see just trying to help make it be a topical and relevant book in the current environment. It's a massive, massive challenge. So I'm grateful for the fact that we grappled with it because it made the book better in the end, but man, what an effort in that process.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine having to sort of restart that. So I kudos to you. And and again, like you said, you're going to be so much more proud of the end product because of that. And I, I, man, that's, that's awesome. So, um, really quickly before we move on. So uh, where can people find this book when it's ultimately put up? In the interest of transparency, as we're recording this, it's not released yet, but it will be any moment now. So where can they find it?
1: Yeah, it'll be Amazon. So there'll be a a paperback version that you can have delivered to your person. Yes. Those of us who still like to have the tactical, tactile, having a book in their hands, the uh, e-reader version will be available the exact same day. So September 15th, On or about, we found out that book releases are a lot like building a house, sort of (laughs) the fluid situation until it actually happens, but the way it all stands now, September 15th will be the day, Amazon will be the place, Red Goldfish promo edition, co-authored by Stan Phelps and Roger Burnett. Can't wait to see y'all walking around with your pictures of your book and sharing with me the lessons that maybe you might be able to take from what we gathered.
0: Yeah, man, I'm excited for you. I'm proud of you. Uh, You've answered my three questions. I give everybody a chance to ask me a question. Do you have one
1: for me? Yeah, so (laughs) this whole pre-launch project is a strategy that authors use to help build momentum and exposure for a book prior to it actually releasing to the places we just described. So you, you understand this concept. So I, today, pressed send on the advanced copy to a sizable portion of people who are participating in the book launch team, and I'm petrified. Because (laughs) it's the first time that it's seen the light of day beyond the very small group of people who have been working on the project prior to it reaching this phase. So as I sit here quaking in my boots, Mr. Hasselman, do you have any advice as someone who's done this and done it a few times in advance of me?
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And this, uh, first of all, give yourself grace because the idea of you being petrified is totally natural. I mean, think about how you feel and how everybody feels when they put out a blog post, when they put out a a video for the first time, Like you still, even if you've done it a bunch of times, there's a sense of trepidation that it isn't going to be well read or well respected or whatever. Well, you know, when you do that for something that took 18 months in the making of course that's gonna be exponentially bigger. So give yourself grace there. Um, the other piece of advice is, I think when you are launching something like this, and it's such a deeply personal project, like sometimes you know you can put something out there and it, it's easier to not take personally. This is one that's deeply personal. You have your name on it. It's, it's your thoughts, your words, um, but you have that voice in your head that's gonna to try to talk you out of promoting it because you're going to feel like a shameless self promoter. And you're going to feel like, Oh my God, people are tired of hearing from me. Oh my God, nobody, everybody's over this. And you know, my advice, which was really hard for me to take was keep going. It's a finite window. It's a season. Um, I think so many times we think that everybody in our circle is sick of hearing about it. And the truth of the matter is a lot of them, and this happened to me where people like, I didn't even know it was out there. And I'm like, like, this is somebody in our industry. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know how that's possible, but they were excited to hear it because it was their first time. And I think that's going to be the case with you. And so you just got to fight through that voice and keep promoting it.
1: I think it's even more important for you to say to me that it's okay to know that that's going to be what happens and you're not the only one. So yes, that's right. by, By having that sort of sense of community, it gives me a little bit more confidence, even though I'm still petrified that some people (laughs) tell me it's like, it's a terrible book. And I don't believe in a word you're saying. And I mean, I suppose that is possible. But knowing that I'm not the only one who feels that way is great. So thank you for that. Cool, man. Again, I am truly
0: proud of you. I'm really excited to uh, uh, be included sort of on the launch team. And I can't wait to share and spread the message. So congratulations, buddy. Okay. Thanks, man. All right, well, that's gonna wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.